mic. All right, praise the Lord. How you doing today, Pastor Ben? I'm good, Pastor Sadie. How you doing? I'm blessed, man. Very blessed day. Okay. Um, I'm going to be obedient, and we're going to start today in a scripture. And so I need you to go to James. Oh, Emerson's assistant. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So if you have your Bible today, go to James chapter 1. And we're going to be reading verse 26. This is before we get into our message, because the Lord wanted me to read this scripture first. When you get there, say amen. Elohim Tov. Kol Hazman. Elohim Tov. All right. Yeshua. Okay, you there? And this is what it says. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. You hear that? Okay. Listen, I'm saying this because I was yesterday at a party and I'm telling you, there was a lot of people who said Jesus and F-bombs came right after it. And I'm like, Lord, is that a different spirit? Or what is that? What, what makes them be able to say, oh, you know, Jesus met, oh, my church, oh, yeah. And then just, you know, grab a drink and just start tossing F-bombs. I was like, what kind of spirit is this? Are they, are they really Christians? What is going on? It says it's a, wor it's a worthless religion, okay? If you, can't, if you can, can curse somebody out as a born-again Christian, okay? And, and, and then the next minute you're talking about how much you love Jesus. Your religion is worthless until you get a tight ring on your tongue. Because you're an embarrassment to God. You understand? You're an embarrassment. You're, doing, you're, you're, you're cursing with the fellas and then you tell them Jesus loves them. It, it doesn't work. God says, just keep my name out your mouth. Okay? That way you don't embarrass me. Because, I mean, I, it is a very strange spirit that I, was, that I was watching yesterday. And I was like, this is absolutely crazy, you know. Well, I, I, I prayed over everybody and I got myself up out of there. I prayed they all made it safe home. But I got myself up out of there. It was my uh, coach's uh, birthday party. But that was not an atmosphere for me. Um, so... I, today's message is called the tribulation versus the great tribulation. Okay, um, I I want you guys to know and understand what is about to happen. First of all, um, in the book of Amos. God asked Amos the question, what do you see? And Amos gives the answer. And uh, so if you can, go to, your, go to the book of Amos, because we're, we're going to look at that. I think it'd be good, better if I just do, if I just teach today. Man, yesterday I was like, oh, I hope I don't have any members like this. <laughs> <coughs> All right, you in the book of Amos, uh, chapter one, verse chapter eight, verse one. It says, "This is what the sovereign Lord showed me: a basket of ripe fruit." What do you see, Amos? He asked. He um 
He says, a basket of ripe fruit. I answered, then the Lord said to me, the time is ripe for my people. Um, I will spare them no longer. Okay, so let me explain to you how it's being said in Hebrew. It says, what do you see? And it says, he says, I see kets, which means summer fruit. Okay, now, or now, the word kets almost also means the end of time. Okay, so God has two words in one word in Hebrew that means summer and the end both the same time as you're speaking it okay so you would have to clarify are you talking about the end or are you talking about summer like um if we say when okay or when we sometimes because of the way we talk we have to are you talking about the wind blowing or are you talking about when is something going to happen right because it sounds the same so when you say catch summer you're saying the end at the same time okay so it has to be clarified what you're talking about when he says do you see he says i see summer fruit and he says yes because cats is about to come upon my people so he's not saying summer fruits about to come upon my people he's saying the end is about to come upon my people you understand so Amen. the scriptures is letting you know because Jesus, when he's asked this question, and he says, Do, uh, know when summer is near, right? When you're talking about the time uh, that will be as it was in the days of Noah, he says, you know that summer is near, okay? And that word, as he said, kets, okay? That would mean the end is near or summer is near because it's the same thing. But how do we clarify that he was talking about summer as well as talking about the end. Let's go to Micah chapter 7. Because I'm trying to tell people what's about to happen. You guys have absolutely no idea what's about to happen in the world. It is going to be one of the most craziest things that have ever happened in the history of the world. If you think 2020 was bad, it was absolutely nothing compared to what is about to happen when the Spirit of God leaves here and takes the church out. Amen. You, have, you have no idea how it's going to be, okay? Amen. First of all, all you people that are out there posting Christian stuff, if you're not really a Christian, you need to stop. <laughs> Because they're coming straight to your house. They're coming to get you. All right? Whether you're a Christian for money, a Christian for stupidity, whatever you are. If you ain't a real Christian, they're coming for you. As soon as the church leaves, they got... What the guy said, he said, oh, you thought we created the internet for you? We created the internet to keep an eye on where everybody is. You understand? And he said, and you're cooperating so well. You even post pictures of all the places that you're going. We know when you're going on vacation. So thank you. The internet has worked out perfectly. It will serve us well in yeah. the tribulation. Yeah. Amen. So, so I'm telling you, this thing is crazy. But when it happens, listen, it happens in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And when it happens, you're in. Okay? There, there's no running and saying, oh, I was going to put some oil in my lamp earlier, but what happened? What, what's the black thing we go? What happened was, <laughs> no, I know what happened. It's too late. You understand? So I'm trying to get Christians, make sure that we're ready. Okay? My thing is be ready. Um, Grant was just showing me a, a video with a guy, and I got to find out what his name is because he has to be exposed because he's one of the people that's promoting the N NRA movement, which is this kundalini, lay hands on you, make you shake, fake uh, healing thing that he's doing. And he's got millions of views and millions of, of members. I remember when he, uh, Brett, Brett, I remember when he got his uh, award from Facebook for getting, for having over a million uh, um, subscribers. And so I'm like, okay, but he's a part of this whole thing, okay?
because they set up their Facebooks and they make sure that they get 300 and 400 subscribers. You understand? We've been at 3,900 for two, two or three years, right? So you're saying nobody else has subscribed, right? But Isaiah Salivar? Saldivar, Isaiah Saldivar. He's a part of the Kundalini Satanic movement, okay? He's, they're, they're, now they're hiring actors to come in and pretend like their demons are coming out of them and stuff. He's, he's, but he's a part of this whole thing. So be careful of this person. What's his name again? Isaiah Saldivar. And so I'm just letting you know he's a Kundalini guy. He promotes it. Um, they talk Jesus, but they're promoting a satanic movement, okay? So be careful, because I'm trying to tell you guys, they're spending a lot of money to get your soul. They're spending a lot of money on Christian souls, okay? Because Kirk Franklin and, and this young lady, named, her last name is Reigns, beautiful voice, and they, were, they, they had a tour, and one of the tour spots was the the Freemason Temple in, 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 in San Francisco. And I'm like, what kind of Christian says, okay, I'm, I'm going on tour, this next stop is gonna be at the Freemasons Temple where we're gonna sing gospel music, you know? But this is what we're, they're spending a lot of money after, to go after Christians, okay? You see how much money they spent on, on, on Kanye West to fake like he's a Christian? And all the people that he, that he had coming to his house saying, oh, we, Marilyn Manson became a Christian, and we're all like, oh yeah, even, even Marilyn Manson is now a Christian. So and we're just supposed to be so dumb that we just believe everything, okay? So watch and pray, okay? I'm not the first person to say that. Bible says it, right? Keep your eye on your enemy because you have to know deception is a big part of this thing. You're supposed to know your own Bible, okay? That's your best friend right now, especially in these latter days. Okay, I want us to go to we're in Micah chapter 7. Yeah. All right, now, Micah chapter 7 is doing the same thing as Amos. It said, what misery is mine? I am like one who gathers summer fruit, okay, at the gleaning of the vineyard. So it's summer, and it's summer fruit time, which is the early fruit season, okay? There is no cluster of grapes to eat. None of the early figs that I, that I crave. Who's speaking here? God. He's saying there's coming a time in the summer, time of the summer fruit, where when they're gleaning the vineyard and there's no clusters of grapes to eat. Who's he talking about is the cluster of grapes? Israel. None of the early figs, oh, fig tree, that I crave. So now he's talking about Israel. It says, the godly have vanished from the land. Now, someone else is doing this, this and they were j just going through all the time that he uses this word avad, where it says that things, that things vanish, okay? Because it's in Isaiah, the righteous avad from the earth. And, 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 and no one understands that the righteous have avad or disappeared to save them from evil, okay? These are scriptures that God has put in the, in the Bible for people who are studying so that you can look at this word and say, wait a minute, this doesn't mean perish, it means to disappear. Okay? So it says here, in the summertime, he says, the godly have, but here it says, swept from the land. Ooh, these English people. The godly have a vod from the land. Not one upright man remains. All men lie in wait to shed blood. Each hunts his brother with a net. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The rulers demand a gift. The judges accept bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. The best of them is like a briar and the most upright worse than a thorn hedge, which are symbols of Satan. The day of your watchman has come. Who's the watchman? What are we watching for? The day of that hopeful day, the glory hour, right? We're, so the day of your watchman has come. 
The scripture is letting you know. It finally arrived. When did it arrive? In the summertime at the early gleaning, okay? Um, the day of the watchman has come, the day God visits you. Now is the time of their confusion, okay? Do not trust the neighbor. Hey, when we go on, if you're still here, do not trust your neighbor. Do not put confidence in your friend. Even with her who lies in your embrace, be careful of your words. Don't say those words. And we have to be careful what we said on YouTube, right? When you when a tribulation start, watch your words. Okay? Because I heard my so-and-so say that he ain't never getting the mark and he's not gonna cooperate. Thanks for letting us know. Your payment is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? You're looking, you, some crazy times are about to come upon this earth, and, and people are unaware that we're living in the end times, even though they're watching it happen in front of them. Okay? It says, um, uh, um, even with her, be careful of your words, for um, a son dishonors his father, a, a daughter rises up against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies are the members of his own household. But as for me, okay, talking about Israel, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for my Savior. My God will hear me. Verse 8 says Israel will rise because who's left in the tribulation? Israel. You understand? Anyone who's not, who's still holding on to the Old Testament way of being saved, as they have been commissioned to do, they are practicing Judaism, and they have not turned their faith over to Christ. So in the tribulation they go, okay, and so it says, do not gloat over me, Israel says to my enemy, though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light because I have sinned against him. I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads uh, my case and establish my right. He will bring me out into the light and I will see his righteousness. Praise God. Okay, so listen. This time is coming upon the world, okay? God is not interested in what you believe or not believe when it comes to when it comes to the tribulation. OK, you can you can be post trip and mid trip all you want. And God does not care. OK, because you can tell. But he's not supposed to be here yet. You, they were not supposed to leave yet until the middle. You can do all of that. You get God has let me know on Wednesday night. They can preach all that stuff in the tribulation. Yeah. I give them I give them seven years to, to preach whatever you want. to. Now you can lie as much as you want because the truth is gone. OK, do your thing. You understand? But God is very merciful and he's so merciful that he's going to first send you to witnesses to speak to the world and to say to the world, the believers have left. You saw them leave because they were standing in front of you before they left. Okay? Now, let me continue. What I'm talking about is seven years before the end of the tribulation, the church leaving. Listen, you guys, I'm not, I'm not here to play games with you. This is, the, this is the reason I was called. Seven years before, they leave. The church leaves, okay? And there's two things called the tribulation and the great tribulation. God is the one who divided it. He divided it into three and a half and three and a half. You understand? So the Lord wants me to read some things to you, but I'm trying to figure out how am I going to make sure 
that I teach this to you um, so that you'll get it. When I read Micah, when it says, when it said they just, that, that the righteous has left, what happened there right after they left? Everything got very evil, right? The restrainer who restrains evil just left, okay? So for everybody who's saying the first half of the tribulation is not going to be that bad, look at what you're doing. Look at what they did in Maui with the restrainer here. Look at what they did in 9-11 with the restrainer here. Look at what they're doing here with children. Look at what they're doing while the restrainer is here. But when the restrainer leaves and you're thinking, oh, for the first three and a half years, it's just going to be absolutely wonderful. You are fooling yourself. Okay? The restrainer is leaving and it says in Micah, as soon as he leaves, be careful now. Okay? The day of your watchman has now come. Okay? This is why I want your religion to be real. I don't want you to be fake. I don't want you to hold grudges and, and unforgiveness and hate for people and say, yeah, I feel that way. What someone said, I hate, I, I love Jesus. I, 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 hate my, I hate my mother, but I love Jesus. No, you don't. No, you don't. I know how you feel about your mother. So because you have no forgiveness for her, I have no forgiveness for you. The scripture says that if you hold unforgiveness, you will receive no forgiveness. So don't hold your unforgiveness in your heart and say, oh, yeah, but when Jesus comes, he's just going to take me away. But I know, you know, if my mother was starving, I'd let her starve. But I love Jesus. I love Jesus. God knows your heart. You understand? Get rid of stuff. This is what we're supposed to the Holy Spirit will tell you, this, this ain't right. It's not, it doesn't, it's not right. This is spots, wrinkles, and blemishes. Listen, spots, wrinkles, and blemishes are sins that nobody can see except you and God. That's, you're, you're racist, but you don't really show it. You just do, you, you just, you just do it at home. You think God don't know you're a racist? I love Jesus. I just can't stand black. I just can't stand black people, but I love Jesus. Spots, blemishes, and wrinkles. You understand? God knows. God is looking at the inner while we're trying to show him the outer. Okay? You see me clock in for church, Lord? You see? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. You know, and God is like, I'm looking at the inside. I'm looking at the bitterness. I'm looking at the hatred. I'm looking at what's going on inside of you. I want you and me as being in a relationship to deal with that. You understand? You you can be a great preacher. And when you get home to your wife, you can talk to her like she's crazy. And like you don't care nothing about her. You can insult her all as much. And you can get back to church and say, praise the Lord. And God will know what's going on inside. Spots, blemishes, and wrinkles. So if you have anything in you, right now you want to say, Father God, remove that from my heart. Okay? Remove these things from my heart. Because when it happens, boom, you're in. Now, now, look, now, once you're in, now you want to try and say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And God said, well, I didn't. <laughs> because God knows what's going on in the inside. You understand? Yeah. Confess these things. Ask the Holy Spirit to remove these things. How would you like it to be in a relationship and a guy tells you, look, you know I cheat. You're just going to have to come down to my level. And, 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 and deal with it so that we can be happy. Are you going to do that? So, so how are you going to do this to God? You know I can't stand those people, but you're going to have to come down to my level, Lord, and understand that that's just how I am. Come down to my... God's not coming down to your level. He's trying to bring you up 
to his level. Amen. You understand? Amen. That's why he tells us to deal with the things that are inside of us. Okay? Let's go. I'm, I'm done with that. But let's go. Okay. I want us to go to um, Revelation chapter 11. Because we were about to get into chapter 11 on Thursday, 10 and 11. Um, and so I want you guys to understand this very one thing, okay? Now listen. What we talked about on Thursday, for you people who weren't here, didn't what? The middle of the tribulation is about two angels coming down to earth, okay? This is why the middle of tribulation is so bad, okay? It is hard because Michael, the archangel, stands up to fight for Israel. And in the second heaven, he gets into a war with Satan and his angels. Yes. And they war and Michael and his angels Mike Tyson them, okay? Knock them out. There's no room for them anymore, so, so Satan is kicked down to earth. And God goes, woe unto you who live upon the earth, because Satan has come down to you. So now Satan is down on the earth. In chapter 10, Michael follows him. Why? Because he has to protect Israel. You understand? So now Michael is here. Satan is here, but Satan, as soon as he gets here, he gets the key to the bottomless pit. He opens the pit and locusts come upon the world. Then he starts a th third war, war a, a, a world war that kills over, a, a, kills one third of all mankind. So when Satan gets here, he's got the key to the abyss, he's unlocking it, and he's letting demons up upon the surface. And this is going on from the mid-tribulation. But the first thing he does when he gets here is in chapter 11. So watch this. Chapter 11, verse 1. Here's John talking. He says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar and count the worshipers there. But exclude the outer court, do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample the holy city for 42 months. 42 months is three and a half years. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days. That's three and a half years. The temple is built in the beginning of the tribulation, you guys. I want you to know that. Okay, it says these two uh, olive branches, um, these two olive trees, and the two, uh, and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouth and devours their enemy. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. So you think anybody's messing with the two witnesses? Okay. These men have power to shut up the sky so that it will not rain during the time uh, they are prophesying. And they will have power to turn the water into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Okay? Now, when they finish their testimony, the beast will come up out of the abyss and attack them. What is the, how did the abyss get into the abyss? He had to be given the key. First, he had to be kicked down. Then it says once he was kicked down, he was given the key to the, to the abyss. When he, got, when he got here, the first thing he does is, the one who came up out of the abyss and released the locusts upon the earth, now goes and he kills the two witnesses. At the end of their testimony. So that means they've already testified for 1,260 days. Do you understand that? Yes. So that means 
if Satan doesn't get kicked down to the middle of the tribulation, that means he gets kicked down in the middle of the tribulation. He opens the thing because the, the, it, it, it's about to be the great tribulation. Locusts are coming up on the earth. There's got to be a, a world war. But he goes to Israel and he kills the two witnesses because their 1,260 days is over. Now you've got an additional 1,260 days left. This is Daniel's 70th week. Okay? So chapter 11 is letting you know what? The church is gone before the tribulation starts because the two witnesses are already here and, 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 and preaching the gospel. And nobody's messing with them. Okay? Now, if you know and understand this, you'll understand what's going on in the middle of the tribulation. Okay? Go back to... Uh, chapter 9 of Revelation. It's hard. To, I, I, I'm going to trust that you guys know and understand uh, what I'm saying to you, okay? Because um, the Lord said to, to do this. Let's go to Daniel chapter 12, and then we're going to come back to Revelation chapter 9, okay? Now watch this. Go to Daniel chapter 12. I'm trying to tell you guys, listen. These books are written five and six hundred years before Jesus is born. You understand? The book of Revelation is written is finished in 90 AD. Do you understand? You're talking about things happening that are written hundreds and thousands of years before the occurrence. You understand? And are so accurate. The book of, of Daniel is so accurate, they, people were starting to think they, they must have wrote the book after it's so accurate. Okay? But here in Daniel chapter 1, Let's read about, let's read what Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. It says, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of the nations until, until then. But at that time, your, uh, your people everywhere whose names are found written in the book will be delivered. So Michael is going to stand up at that time. What's the time that Michael is going to stand up? Do you guys know? Go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, I think it's verse 7. It, listen what it says. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not uh, strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was held down. I love that word. Was held down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled down. Uh, held to the earth and his angels with him. Yeah. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman. He, he went right after Israel. Yeah. 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 That's the middle of the tribulation. So then when I go to Daniel and he says, at this time, Michael is going to stand up. What do we know? It's about it's the middle of the tribulation. I'll show you it's the middle of the tribulation. Go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 7. I think it is. It says, um, it says, the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, Daniel was talking to him, lifted up his right hand and his left hand uh, toward the heaven. 
And I heard him swear by, by him who lives forever and ever say, it will be for a time, time and half a time. What's that? Three and a half years, 1,260 days, 42 months. So he's telling you at this time, what I'm telling you about Daniel, when Michael stands up, we're talking about 1,260 days. So the middle of the tribulation is now about to produce the last half. But that means when the two angels, the, the two witnesses are killed, the first half has been done. Okay? So now we can go to Revelation chapter 9. Because if we don't do things right, Teaching is very important. Okay, now listen what it says in Daniel chapter 9. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. Who is that star? Right, because remember the scripture says that he, draw, that he dragged a third of the stars with him. Those are angels. So now you see a star falling to the earth. You know why he's falling? Because he was held. <laughs> he was tossed. You understand? So he is going down to the earth. And it's the middle of the tribulation. Okay? It says the star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose up from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth and, and, and were given power like that of a scorpion of the earth. And they were told not to harm the grass uh, of the earth or plants or trees, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their forehead. Wait a minute. These are demon locusts coming up on the earth. And they're being told what to not touch? Don't you touch anybody who has the mark of God on their forehead. You understand? So they're not coming up here doing what they want, but they're coming up here to do something, but they're, being, they're going to be very careful who they mess with. You understand? Listen, because there are people in the tribulation who are preaching the gospel and people who are accepting the gospel in the tribulation. Listen, okay? They were told not to harm the grass or the green or the plants or the trees. Uh, uh, it says those people who, only those who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. But it's okay if you take the mark of the beast during the tribulation because you won't lose your salvation. What pastor said that? John MacArthur. Why would you say something like that? Okay? And someone said, oh, John MacArthur, I heard him preaching against the Freemasons. And... You still got, I had to send him information. He still got three generations of Freemasons, and he's one of them. You think he got a $3 million home for no reason? He got a million dollar church for no reason? Think he got a, a university for no reason? He's getting all this stuff because he's a third, he's a third generation Freemason, and he's a Freemason. I don't care if he speaks out against it. That's what liars do. Amen. You understand? Amen. But when you come on air and you tell people if you get the mark, you won't lose your salvation because you're coming from a Calvinistic standpoint that God already chose you from the foundation of the earth. Before the earth started, God already chose you. So even if you take the mark of the beast, you're going to be okay. You're okay, little buddy. And so, but the Bible is trying to tell you in that, I'm not talking to you guys, I'm talking to people who don't know Christ. During that time, do not take the mark because in the middle of the tribulation, the locusts that sting like 
that sting like scorpions and are commanded not to kill you, but to just sting you for, for five months. Just torture him for five months with the sting. It says at that time, people are going to be hoping and wishing they could die, but they won't be able to. Why won't they be able to? Because the mark that they receive is also implanted in it, ancient DNA that makes you not just human, but half human, half Nephilim. So they're trying to die, but they can't die. Listen, they spend a lot of money to deceive Christians because they want you in the tribulation. Yes. They want you in the tribulation. They want you to say, I was a Christian, but I believed in once saved, always saved. So yes, I was still smoking weed and I was still cursing people out, but I gave my life to Christ when I was 15. God says, preach that in the tribulation because you can't make up your own doctrine and be a Christian. You understand? Listen, this is, this is not hard stuff I'm telling you. This is like common sense stuff. But if you get enough people and they pay enough people to lie to you, to tell you you can do what you want and be a Christian, some Christians for the pleasure of being, oh really? Man, if I was 19 and somebody told me you could still fornicate and get high and be a Christian, I would have like, that's my church. <laughs> At 19? Because I was trying to figure out how in the world am I going to still be able to smoke weed and be a Christian? And now I got a church telling me that, that is, is acceptable? I would have been there in the front row. Amen. So they're looking for Christians who want to sin and give you a doctrine that you want to believe. But God has a book that you're supposed to read and know, so then you know you can't do that. Amen. We're dealing with very intelligent people. The Bible says once you accept Christ, you have the mind of Christ. You're very intelligent. You're not going to go, uh, I was deceived. God gonna, Come on. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Okay? Watch this. Let's continue. It says they were given power uh, to kill them, but not to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And their agony and the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not be able to find it. They will, uh, they will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts look like this and like that and all this stuff. I don't want to read all that, but I'm just letting you know some crazy things are coming upon the earth. Okay, the Bible says the last three trumpets are woe trumpets because these three are going to be devastating things upon the earth. Okay, now God has plans to rescue Israel. Okay, Israel is going to be rescued out of the tribulation. God also has plans for people that during the tribulation who realized they didn't get it right can now accept Christ and still have another chance. This God is excellent because even after we leave, two witnesses are going to be preaching the gospel and 144,000 are going to be preaching the gospel. So God is still giving people the opportunity to proclaim Christ. Okay. So all this is going on and God is trying to get us as born again believers to make sure that we know what's going on, okay? Amen. And I'm gonna explain it to you, okay? Listen, you were born, all of us were born into this world. You were born sick, you understand? You were born sick. You were born with a sickness called sin in your body, okay? Now, if you don't have any symptoms of it or you don't feel any pain from it, you believe you're okay. I only smoke weed and curse people out. I'm okay. I ain't killed nobody. No, you still have sickness, okay? I only cheated on my wife once, 
but you know, I don't, I'm not a Christian, but I, I, ain't, I ain't killed nobody. I'm not a sinner. I'm not talking about being a sinner. I'm talking about being, having sin sickness. You have something inside of your body that needs to be eradicated. Amen. That means you need, to, you need to accept Christ so that he can be that balm in Gilead or that healing that comes into your body and gives you a Holy Spirit that fights against your disease. Amen. Do you hear what I said? Yeah. I did not say eradicate your disease. It comes in to fight against your disease. Because once you once it comes in, it just wants you to make sure that you are being medicated yeah. regularly so that you live according to scripture. Amen. So I'm reading my Bible. I'm fellowshipping with other Christians. I'm, I'm studying. I'm praying. I'm recognizing when the Holy Spirit speaks to me. So when he speaks to me, I say, yes, I'm going to stop doing that. Yes, I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I know you don't you don't like that. You understand? Because I realize I'm in a relationship with God. Or if I'm a diabetes person, I realize I'm in relationship with my medication. OK, you're in a relationship with your medication. That means you don't you can't take days off. You're like, you know what, I, I got this, I got that. I'm taking the next two months off. I'm not doing any diabetes. I'm eating cookies and donuts. I'm going back to my old life. I ain't doing no diabetes medicine. And you don't realize, look, I know you've been feeling good, but you've only been feeling good because you've been well medicated. You understand? Some people become really good Christians and they start thinking, oh my God, I'm healed. Not in this body, you're not. You're not healed in this body. This body is going to be sick until you go to glory and get rid of this body. You understand? So therefore, you've got to keep your medication up. You've got to make sure that I'm in my word, I'm praying, I'm in fellowship with other Christians. I'm, I'm keeping oil in my lamp. I'm making sure that this disease, because I've seen it, you guys. I've seen people preach the gospel for three years, and I go, they're the most dedicated people to the Lord. Man, I want to be on fire like this. And I see them a year later, and they're smoking crack, and they're living in a motel. I've seen it. And I go... How did you go from this to this? Thank you. Stop, you stop medicating. You're like, I'm not sick. I go to church. Listen, one thing, let me tell you why I've been able to do this. Since I came back from, 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 from Canada and I gave my life to Christ, the reason why I've been able to do this is because I realized I got the Holy Spirit in me. I love God, and I'm going to be obedient to him and keep oil in my land. Yeah. I, I never get to the point where I go, I'm a pastor. I'm automatically in. I don't need to do that, those things. Sometimes the Holy Spirit tells me, you're not praying enough. And I got to be obedient and go in there and get on my knees and pray so that the Holy Spirit can speak to me. You understand? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell me, you need to stop studying and just go read and get filled with my word for a while. Yeah. So I won't study. I'll just read through a book. You understand? Because I realize I'm being medicated and I don't want to take advantage of the fact that I feel good. Because yeah. feeling good is a lie. So therefore, look, this is what the Lord is trying to tell us. You people talk about the tribulation, but you have no idea. Okay? You talk about it. Well, I don't want to be in the tribulation. You have no idea what I've saved you from. You have no idea. You say, well, I don't want to go to hell. You have no idea what I've saved you from. You understand? I don't want to go to hell. You don't even know what hell is like. So you don't really even appreciate it. But if you really knew what, if I gave you a, a weekend trip there, you would know and understand what it really is. Okay? Then you would be thankful to me. You understand? 
so that, that's why that, that, that book with the lady, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Divine Revelation. I always tell people to read Divine Revelation of Hell because you need to have a clear understanding of where people are who walked away from Christ and where people are who don't want Christ. You need to have a clear understanding. God wants you to fear him. And I don't, and he would much rather that you respect him. Okay. Because if you respect him, you won't do things. But if you don't have respect for him, you need to fear him. Fear is healthy. Because the person that can, that can kill the body can also kill the soul in hell. You understand? Satan can only kill a body. But God has this place. And so when I'm trying to tell you guys, read your word, stand your word. I'm trying to tell you how to fight an ancient war. Yes. The war is this started way before you got here. Started way before 1999, way before 2006, way before 1961. This was a war that started many years ago and it's against your spirit. Yes. It's against your soul. And now they're spending millions, I would even say billions of dollars to deceive you so that you can start listening to stuff and watching stuff and, and following people that you shouldn't follow. Okay. Am I done, Pastor Ben? All right. I got 10 minutes. And don't think I'm not going to use it. Okay, I want us to now go to Revelation chapter 12. When we start back in our Revelation study, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 12. Okay, now listen, Revelation chapter 12 is now another chapter that is telling you, let's start over from the beginning and tell you the whole story of the tribulation all over again, okay? I, I fully understand the book of Revelation now. When I started the study, I put the, 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 the rapture puzzle and I, said, and, I went, and I said, Lord, I'm gonna put this as by you and I'm not gonna put this by me because I want you to give me all the answer. I fully understand the book of Revelation now. I understand how God set it up. I know when the middle of the tribulation is. I know why they call it the great tribulation. It is horrible, okay? I fully understand it. So now when you get to chapter 12, God says, let's start over. I'm going to tell you a story. Let's read chapter 12. It says, a great wonder appeared in the heaven a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain. She was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and the seven crowns on his head um, and seven crowns on his head. It says uh, his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth, okay? So who are we talking about? Satan, right? right? A third of the stars. We're talking about that's the guy, okay? The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might uh, uh, devour her child the moment it was born. So you got, okay, they're talking about Jesus because, you know, uh, uh, Satan moved against that, that, that leader and said, try to kill the child. So he tried to kill all the male child in a certain age, right? So you say, oh, he's talking about that. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule over the nations with an iron scepter. Oh, see, I told you it was Jesus. And her child was raptured up to God and to the throne. Wait a minute, Jesus was raptured? It said he ascended, no. Jesus wasn't snatched up. 
It said Jesus ascended himself. Rapture is a word that needs to be, this like lakach, it's forcibly taken, okay? Now it says this, the woman, the woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she was taken care of for 1,260 days. So wait a minute. After Mary had Jesus, did she go into the wilderness so that she could be protected from Israel. Satan? Listen, she went, they went to Egypt, but they didn't go to Egypt for three and a half years. But here it says she goes into the wilderness for 1,260 days. Israel. So that means that this is Israel and God is protecting her for the last half of the tribulation. So the woman who gives birth, and she gives birth to a son, who is that son? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, it's the Christian. Watch this. Because, he, because Jesus wasn't raptured. Listen to Leviticus chapter 12. Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, When a Jewish woman has a, a male child, she is now unclean for seven days. Why would God put that there? Because a Jewish woman, Israel, is going to have a male child, and for the next seven years of tribulation, she will be unclean. Yes. So if you understand how the scripture is working, it's telling you there's going to be a rapture first, okay? Once the rapture happens, then the, the beast who is cast down to the earth is going to go after the woman who is Israel. Yes. You understand? Yes. And then, but Michael is following her down. He stands up for Israel yes. and he protects her for the three and a half years. Yes. Yes. So the book of Revelation is not a puzzle to me anymore. It's telling you two separate things, a first half and a second half. The first half, if you think it's the, the demons are acting really nice right now, <laughs> then don't be afraid of the first half of the tribulation. But if you think they're going to get worse when the Holy Spirit leaves, mm. you need to be very afraid. And I would make sure that I really live for Christ. And I would make sure that my religion is not worthless. Because I don't talk Jesus talk at church and go to a party and have a drink and talk F language with all my friends. Which is what I, I was experiencing yesterday. I'm, you can, I'm sitting and the guy's talking to me about Jesus. Then he gets up, he gets a drink, and then he starts doing the F thing with the friends. And I went, you was just, what happened to our, our conversation? <laughs> I realized something. I realized that, I, I realized something. You know what? Saying it means nothing. Yeah. It's what you live, okay? It's what's really in you that God knows. So I love you guys. And the only reason I tell you the truth is because I want to be your neighbors forever. You know what I mean? I want you to be my neighbors forever. I want to be your neighbor. I want to know you forever. I want you to have eternal life. I think Jesus paid too much for you to have eternal life, for you to let it slip away, especially to deception. Okay? So, don't look, don't say, Pastor Sandy, oh, he's a good teacher. That's why, you know, I, you have a relationship and it's between you and God. I'm telling you right now. They're not going to say, call in Pastor Sandy. I'm about to judge Jasmine. Call in Pastor Sandy. <laughs> that is not going to happen. It's just going to be you and God, okay? So that's why I'm saying your Bible is your best friend. If I say something wrong, you should automatically know it. Okay? Know your word for yourself. Don't listen to all the music that they put out. Had me listening to somebody that last week. I was like, oh, she can sing. And I realized she got a song with Kanye and Travis Hunter. I was like, ooh, let me call Pastor Ben and warn him because I, I, I already recommended her. <laughs> Be careful because music was made to open portals. So don't think that Satan doesn't care about words. He's making music to open portals. You understand? Amen. 
So be careful with listening to any and everybody's music. Find out what they're doing. Find out who, who what they're a part of. I feel bad for Christian music artists because the only way they can get paid a lot, lot of money is the bigger churches that can pay them the money. Um, you got four very famous with Kirk Franklin going over to the Vatican uh, to, to do a concert for the Vatican. Uh, I think next month or, or two months from now. So, and they're, uh, uh, they're very, one of them's the pastor, the, the worship leader at, at Joel Osteen's church. And, but they're going over to the Vatican and they're gonna do a concert at the Vatican for the Pope and all of his buddies. And so I'm trying to tell you guys, music is designed to open portals don't just listen to anybody. I know it sounds good, but find out where it's coming from and make sure it's not, you know, contaminated. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yada, 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 yada. Anybody?